Welcome to the Tin Lounge, where travel advisors Corrine and Teresa read you the travel industry news headlines that are currently unread in your inbox, so you can leave here feeling informed. On today's full episode, we're going to discuss all the exciting recent travel industry news. There's been a lot going on in the world of travel. I'm Corrine, co-owner of Journey's Travel Company and creator of Travel Biz Boss. And I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan with Intention. We've got a lot to cover, but before we get started, we wanted to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to travmarketmedia.com to find some other fantastic travel podcasts. Yes, indeed. So what do we have first on deck today? There has really been so much going on back and forth and back and forth. Yes. I mean, I don't know which news story to really dedicate my emotions to. Because <laughs> I'm like, is it going to stick or is there going to be another story coming out? And this article that I found on Travel Age West is one of those articles where I'm like, do I even want to read it? Because it's titled, Why There's Still Hope for the 2021 Alaska Cruise Season. And part of me is like, should I read it and be happy about it? Should I even share it to get other people excited about it? And I feel like, obviously, yes, since I'm sharing it right now, um, <laughs> that we should at least you know take a look at it and consider why it's still not a lost cause for the Alaska cruise season. And a lot of that has to do with small ship cruises, like Uncruise, that are still able to go and visit the ports so that the economies there within those separate ports and those small businesses are still able to kind of have have some kind of income um, because last summer was obviously a bust. And so with this summer not really offering an opportunity for larger ships to come in, it's nice to know that smaller ships are able to go. So in this article, they reference the Passenger Vessel Services Act of 1886, or PVSA. And oftentimes, I've seen advisors do it. We just say it's the Jones Act, but it's not the Jones Act that affects this cruise policy. It's the PVSA. So it requires all foreign flag passengers. Yeah, PVSA. That's it. (laughs) PVSA of 1886. (laughs) It requires all foreign flag passenger ships carrying guests between U.S. destinations to include a stop at a foreign port. So... A lot of folks on one hand, they were saying, well, what if we just bring the ship into the port, but not disembark? Would that help kind of satisfy that requirement? But in looking at the policy a bit deeper with the um, with the travel restrictions, they won't even allow a cruise ship into the port that holds more than 250 passengers. So that's not um, a solution. So the hope is that not every cruise line has announced yet. So they're saying that they're still looking at different options for potentially bypassing the PVSA, but we're not sure what that is yet. And even the CEOs of these smaller um, cruise lines, they are in favor of something like a temporary waiver of the PVSA um, because they know that without a full cruise season in the region, Alaska's economy and a lot of the the owners of those smaller cruise lines, they live in Alaska. They know that it will just, according to this article, be decimated. And uh, it quotes Zachary Kirkpatrick, who is the director of marketing and public relations for Alaskan Dream Cruises, that 
these are literally our friends and family members who are affected. So a lot of them are hoping for something like a temporary waiver just for the season so that ships do not have to go into a foreign port. And hopefully the Alaska cruise season can still kind of be salvaged. Yep. I uh, I actually have an article to piggyback right onto this that was in my list, which is from Travel Weekly that says, with Alaska season now on the ropes, lines challenged on the cabotage law. So it's exactly what you're saying. You know, they're hoping for some kind of a waiver, but apparently it's like a slippery slope. If they set a historical precedent because they're not supposed to grant waivers based on economic conditions. Um, And something like that usually takes a lot of time. So the only time they've been able to waive it is something like, you know, helping Puerto Rico after the hurricanes, um, you know, reasons like that. But it specifically, explicitly forbids uh, waivers based on economic conditions. So it will be really interesting to see whether they can pull it off. And my thing was like, okay, so let's say they do get the waiver. There's no way they can shift all the ships that are supposed to depart from Vancouver Mm -hmm. to Seattle schedule wise. You wouldn't think logistically speaking. Right. So it's absolutely a mess. And my concern, it's so hard. And we talked about this last week about the whole Mexico thing. When you're saying don't travel, like, For health reasons, there are many valid reasons to say this shouldn't be going on. And on the other hand, the fallout from that kind of economic impact will also create uh, health crises. So it's just so hard. Like, what is the right way to go? And then, of course, there's speculation that this was retaliation because President Biden shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Um, right out of the box. And so there are people saying that this may have been like a way to retaliate against the U.S. It's hard for me to believe that that would be the case because it's also, of course, very damaging to, you know, BC's mm-hmm. exactly. economy. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't, you know, the Canadians, the ultimate nice people, not sure they're going to cut off their nose to spite their face. But of course, that's, I'm, I'm mentioning it because it's been mentioned in several of the articles about this right. attempt to get the waiver that, uh, but whether that's the case or not, doesn't really matter in the end. What matters is what is the solution to, to help all the people who rely on this. They're already lost a year of mm-hmm. tourism. It's so limited as it is. And can they sustain another year without tourism? I don't know. Maybe this is Um, an opportunity for people to see it by land. I know Alaska just let their state of emergency, what do you call a state of emergency run out? So -hmm. they didn't renew it. So now people who are going to Alaska are no longer required to present a negative COVID test. Whereas before, you know, the past few days before the um, state of emergency ran out, you had to present a negative COVID test. So yeah. I've got a couple who's supposed to go to Galapagos in September and they are already voicing concerns um, because of the advisories against Ecuador right now. And I'm sort of like, well, it's February and that's September. So it might be a bit premature, but they are like, what's our backup, maybe Alaska. So now I'm in this like, okay, well, 
those little ships that can go are going to fill up in about two seconds. So mm -hmm. do I try to get them on that and scrap the whole Galapagos, which is a bucket list trip for them or potentially look at a land tour, which I'm not even sure they're interested in. And as their advisor, I'm really struggling with what advice to give them because I don't want them to give up on this dream of a Galapagos, which I know is checking something off their actual bucket list to just settle for Alaska which may end up just an exercise in frustration trying to get that planned as it is. Right. What should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make suggestions that get their hopes up and then they're crushed, but I'm, I'm literally in the thick of this situation right now trying to figure out the best way to advise them. Hope yeah, it's not really listening. tough from our perspective. <laughs> it's like our job was hard enough <laughs> before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, you got to be mediator, therapist, um, psychic, uh, health professional. Mm -hmm. So I have to keep saying, I cannot guarantee, you know, I have people like, we want to make sure it's safe and we want to make sure it's this and that. And I'm, and I, I, I hate being the person to sound like the negative Nancy when we're talking about planning a super fun trip, but I have to be like, listen, I can't tell you what the conditions are going to be like in the fall mm -hmm. in this destination. We don't know week right. by week. So you need to, you know, have your cancel for any reason. Travel protection in order is basically the bottom line. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't oh. say you're negative Nancy, you're realistic Rachel. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take that one. And I don't even know if that's <laughs> a thing. I just felt like Rachel was it sounds very much like a realistic person. So mm -hmm. new thing, hashtag realistic Rachel. Mm -hmm. I like it. If you don't mind, I actually have something because we're just talking about uh, these clients with a bucket list trip that, yeah. you know, there is an article in Afar called Making Up for Lost Trips. And Amita was like, yes. Um, so they did a bunch of surveys to find out all these people with this pent up travel desire you know, what are the things you're going to focus on first, right out of the gate? And I know that's the message I've been sending to my clients and, and have been thinking a lot about myself is, you know, like priorities have shifted now, right? We're not just taking our time. Like if something is really important that you want to see, it's time to check it off the list. Um, so they did a whole bunch of surveys. And of course, there was like a lot of Italy, Roman Florence, Japan, Greece, Scotland, Ireland. Um, Australia was a big one. And then they said it was funny. There was just a lot of exclamation points used <laughs> and people just saying all the places. <laughs> um, because as we mentioned in another episode, uh, I think like, 63% of people are saying they desperately need a vacation. I'm definitely mm -hmm. in that. Um, so, but there was a lot of destinations and then a lot of people were saying like the type of trip. Uh, one huge one was family reunions and multi-gen trips, which we've talked about that before too. Like people are, they miss their loved ones and they miss the world. And so they're going to put those together and travel. And I know I've been expressing to my clients that, availability is already a struggle in 2022. So if you want to travel in 2022, we need to get it on the books now. And especially if you want it to be a group trip because it gets dicier getting the availability. 
And uh, I actually put that out in my last newsletter, which if anyone can send me a better word than newsletter, I absolutely hate the term and I have been yet to find something better. I challenge you, DM us, email us, tell me what's a better word for newsletter. Um, anyway, I sent out in my newsletter kind of a lot of what's in this, that these are the things that people are really into right now. And I expressed that whole thing about uh, availability. And if you want to travel in 2022, we need to start looking at it now. And they listened. Like, I have been booking 2022 like crazy. They heard what I said. I'm not one to be super salesy. So I guess they really took it seriously, which I'm happy. And we're getting people squared away for next year so that I am very concerned that moving later into this year when people start to plan for 2022, that it's just going to be so frustrating. Nope. They don't have that type of room. Nope. They don't have that. That cruise is sold out. You know, like I'm scared of that. Right. Um, anyway, so family reunions, multi-gen trips are going to be really big. There was a lot of talk about dude ranch reunions. I kind of cringe when I get requests for that, that and ski trips. I never feel like I do a great job of closing those. Um, and then you just have to my believe own- in it. I know you how you feel about <laughs> domestic trips. You have to just believe in it. <laughs> I'm I am With working conviction. on it. I promise. Yes, <laughs> I'm going to get some really good inspirational things going to get myself excited about that. Um, which uh, I will mention later in excess baggage. That su- super happy to see the CDC is not going to require testing for domestic flights. Cause that was really going to crush a lot of hopes and dreams. Right. So whew. anyway, milestone celebration trips, a lot of people missed milestone celebration trips. Right. So um, they talk about 40th birthday getaways and also 40th birthday trip deferred. <laughs> so but any type of a milestone, so many people missed out on that. There was nothing. They couldn't have a party. They couldn't go anywhere. You know, they're just couldn't celebrate whatever the milestone was. So that's huge. And uh, a lot of people are looking at places like Sedona, Arizona, Santa Fe, New Mexico, getting villa type accommodations. Uh, Again, I think we're going back to a lot of group things. Um, Of course, everyone wants to go to big events, but we don't know when those are going to come back. So those are huge. And then strangely enough, the dichotomy is that solo and wellness trips are also big on people's minds. People want to heal and recover from the trauma (laughs) that has been the pandemic. And I guess, you know, I don't have children. So I don't know what it's like to have had to suddenly become a homeschool teacher and be trapped in the box you live in with all of your family 24 seven, 365. So I, I can see how, or maybe a girl's trip, just mm-hmm. not with see the family. Or yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a really big one that kept coming up as well as these wellness trips. And I know several advisors who specialize in that. So hopefully that's really going to pay off for them. But that's a really, it's a really fun article to read. If you have a chance to go take a look, of course, it will be linked in the show notes. Um, but I would highly recommend that you are having this conversation with your clients too. Like, let's dream. Let's talk about inspirational things. Like, how, how are you going to make up for this lost time? Mm-hmm. Like, get them thinking 
yes, I deserve this. I've had several clients like, I have a bigger budget because I haven't traveled, you know, like let's do something real. Yeah, definitely. And especially if they, uh, if, if the supplier is offering some kind of discount for them to keep their credit instead of getting mm-hmm. a refund and just moving it to a future trip, take advantage of that. Because I had a client do something similar where she, she's like, I want to travel. My cruise has been canceled, you know, three times. And I, I don't want my refund. I want to travel. So she's moving her credit to a future cruise and they're giving her 30% off of her, the next cruise oh. that she's going on. And so she's like, Hey, can you tell me how much it is to upgrade? Because with that 30% off, she's like, I'm just gonna, you know, upgrade to the next yep. category because I can, and I have a ton of money now from all these canceled trips. I'm just going to apply like a minimal amount to upgrade. So look into opportunities for that, uh, for your clients who have had their trips canceled multiple times. And take that you deserve it attitude. <laughs> uh, in this one Travel Pulse ar- article, it says um, there's pent up demand for travel, but COVID has altered consumer behavior. So this kind of connects to your last article about yeah. the desired travel. Um, this Research was done by Travel Technology Association or Travel Tech and released its future travel enthusiasm in the age of COVID-19 report, which examines the latest travel trend data, which highlights growing enthusiasm for future travel and the ways in which travel is expected to evolve in pandemic's wake. And this particular study focused on how technology is going to play a role in travel in the future. So according to this article, 82% of American families have already made travel plans for 2021, 82% for this year. And I'm guessing most of them are domestic. Um, So they have, um, they state that travelers, uh, their experiences during COVID-19, including habits and behaviors they've acquired during this time will affect the ways people travel moving forward. These changes include using technology, um, to enhance cleaning protocols, safety precautions, and flexible cancellation options. Um, whether that's like an app that you can use as a consumer to like change or cancel or reschedule your trip, whether I, mostly I think that's airlines. Um, but they said 52% of American travelers are excited about tech's potential to further personalize their travel experiences. 65% agree that tech will be important in mitigating health risks during travel. believe that accommodations will need to rely on the latest tech to help travelers feel safe. 47% want tech options to make last minute restaurant reservations and 55% want more self-service machines in lieu of ticket desks. So Mm -hmm. tech will definitely play a huge role in all of this. Um, And just to give you a little bit more um, hope for the coming years in terms of travel, 65% of respondents say they plan on traveling more than they did pre-COVID, while 33% are willing to spend more than they traditionally would, and 54% said they are more likely to take their bucket list trip this year than ever before. So putting that out there to you guys. So I was right. Basically what you're saying is I was right. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, But, you know, People know now that when they travel, it's never going to be the same again. 
things will be different, whether that's an additional health form, whether that is, you know, requiring masks on planes, whatever that is, I think it's safe to say that it's going to be a little bit different than what we know travel to be pre-COVID, you know, and we will be able to manage dealing with that. I mean, look at September 11th, huge changes after that, but we dealt with it and it's a normal thing for us now going to airports to have, you know, policies like that. I have several families that are really on the bubble right now about whether to take their spring break trip. You know, they all have canceled for me using cashback insurance. So it's a matter of losing, you know, 189 a person for the insurance and they're really waffling. And I really hated to do this. Um, but I want my clients to make the most informed and confident decision. I'm not trying to talk somebody into doing something because I feel like liability wise, that's a mistake. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, provide information. And a lot of times that's lots of people are traveling to this destination right now and they're loving the lower, like I'm not being, I'm not being negative Nancy. Um, But I actually directed my client to look at travel advisor reviews, which I hate to do. And I told her that this is not normally where I like to look for accurate information. Mm -hmm. However, it's all we have for people who have traveled right now. So like I pay for travel 42, it's worth every penny. I have get vetted reviews Um, from people who are being really picky and I feel like I can trust them, but they're not out there right now. You know, they're all Mm pre-pandemic reviews. So again, I got, she was putting me in a position where it was like, I could tell she wanted me to say it is safe to go here. You're going to have a wonderful, she wanted me to just say those things. And of course I can't, but I read all the reviews on TripAdvisor and they were very much like, you know, dining options were limited, but they were excellent. Everyone's working really hard. So she could hear it right from other people who were just there. She still hasn't given me her answer, but, um, you know, it's just right now we have to do things differently because traveling is different. Mm-hmm. And even though that's not my favorite thing is to push somebody to look at trip advisors, probably going to backfire big time in next year's vacation with this client. But at the same time, don't want to put myself in a position where she's like, you told me it was going to be X, Y, Z. But you said, she's got to make the best decision for her. And I can't be emotionally attached to that booking staying intact or that commission, because in, at the end of the day, it's what is best for the client it has to always come first. So should we do some headlines? Yep. Time for okay. baggage. Green. <laughs> Get warmed up. All right. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory. So you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. From my ASTA daily, tr- excuse me, from my ASTA travel advisor daily email, Travel Pulse reports that the CDC has told CNN it will not recommend that flyers have a required negative COVID test before flying domestically. At this time, the CDC is not recommending required point of departure testing for domestic travel, the agency said, according to a CDC statement sent to CNN. As part of our close monitoring of the pandemic, in particular the continued spread of variants, we will continue to review public health options for containing and mitigating spread of COVID-19 in the travel space. Travel Pulse also reports that Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings Limited canceled cruises through May 31st, 2021 for Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana, and Regent Seven Seas, 
However, in the announcement on the NCL.com website, the company said it has not canceled the 2021 Alaska season after Canada banned passenger cruising through February 22. The company said it has temporarily stopped accepting Alaska 21 bookings, but that they're currently exploring several initiatives that may allow such cruises to continue. According to Travel Weekly, Britain's newly established quarantine hotels received their first guests on Monday as the government tries to prevent new coronavirus variants from derailing a fast-moving vaccination drive that has delivered more than 15 million shots in 10 weeks. Another one from Travel Weekly says that the latest country to offer a remote work program is Montserrat, an island that has not yet reopened its borders to international visitors but is courting home-based professionals with the announcement of the Montserrat Remote Workers Stamp. An article from Travel Market Report mourns the loss of Marriott CEO Arnie Sorensen. Sorensen had been battling pancreatic cancer and only two weeks ago revealed he would be stepping back from day-to-day responsibilities as he sought more demanding treatment. He passed on Tuesday at the age of 62. Another one from Travel Market Report says that the Travel Corps African Travel Incorporated is giving travel advisors the chance to experience Kenya, Tanzania, and South Africa this year with special travel agent rates on its flexible education trips. The trips won't be the typical African group trip. Instead, they will offer advisors the chance to see Africa with a companion, paying the same rate as the advisor outside of a larger group. Advisors who sign up for African Travel University and complete two courses will call qualify for the trips. I'm really having a hard time today. (laughs) According to to Travel Agent Central, the Mexican Caribbean continues its tourist reactivation with the arrival of new flight routes from different parts of the world. The Quintana Roo Tourism Board says this allows, despite the adversities, the consolidation of the state's economic reactivation. Another article from them reminds TAs that Royal Caribbean Group's Pay It Forward $40 million program for travel advisors is now open for applications. Just before the holidays, RCL announced the program, which would make up to $250,000 available per agency in three-year interest-free business loans based on their circumstances. Travel H West reports that TAU recently con- completed its first tour departures since the start of the pandemic, and the guest feedback for the trips were positive and satisfaction scores were consistent with those from prior years. More Yellowstone in winter departures are scheduled for this month. Afar reports that the CDC now says double masking offers better protection. The agency's latest advice on mask wearing to help prevent the spread of COVID is based on the results of a new CDC study that found that exposure to potentially infectious aerosols decreased by 95% when tightly fitted or double masks were worn. Based on the findings, there are several ways we can wear our masks that will better protect us from transmission. That includes making sure your mask fits snugly against your face any gaps offer an opportunity for respiratory droplets to get in or out of the mask. And one last fun one from afar, with no Mardi Gras parades, houses become the new floats in New Orleans. What started off as a joke on Twitter has now become a movement spreading throughout neighborhoods in New Orleans. And that's it for excess baggage in my stumble fest this week. (laughs) (laughs) While Kareen catches her breath, just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. And speaking about sharing news, I've got another one from Travel Pulse that says, how do you like that transition? (laughs) (laughs) Um, This article talks about how a new study finds travelers are more environmentally aware due to COVID-19. And I think we present so many of these articles and studies because 
we are trying to get a feel for what our clients and what general travelers are looking forward to as we are able to travel longer and further um, with new vaccines and so forth. So IHG Hotels and Resorts, they commissioned a study as part of their Journey to Tomorrow 10-Year Action Plan to look more at what is important for travelers. So they surveyed 9,000 adults across the U.S., the U.K., Germany, China, UAE, and Australia. And about 60% of them said they want to be more environmentally and socially aware when traveling. Now, I know for a lot of travel advisors, this might not be a big um a big feature or something that you and your clients talk about in terms of environmental and social um, awareness. But I know for me personally, that has always been something important to me for clients and for my own travels as well. Like I want to make sure that what I'm doing isn't going to hurt the local community or that whatever I'm doing benefits the local community somehow. And when clients come to me and they want certain experiences. Like I know a lot of folks might not say no, but if they come to me and they said, they say something like, I want to, you know, ride an elephant in Thailand. I'll just say, I don't book that because I don't, I don't book elephant riding or anything that um, might harm animals ethically. Like people who might want to do like hunting trips of animals in Africa. Like I don't do that because I just don't feel good in booking that. And if that's something that they really, really want, and, you know, they, that's like top of their, like their number one priority, they can go find someone else who's willing to book that for them. But for me, sure, I'd like to be like, just for my own, you know, values and stuff. And in, in terms of any issues that I've had with clients like that, I've never had an issue because I feel like with my marketing and with my targeting of clients, I get clients that, um, that have the same values as I do. So thankfully yeah. never like a terrible issue regarding that. As long as, you know, I tell them like, Hey, this is why I don't book elephant riding in Thailand. They'll be like, Oh my God, I didn't know that. Thank you so much for educating me. I don't want to do something like that. You know, part of it is also education. So in looking at the results of the study, they found that 69% of travelers aged 18 to 24 want to do more for local communities and residents while on the road, as opposed to just 48% of people 55 and over. And that's just like a generational mindset thing, sure. you know, how, how we've grown up and, you know, what's important to every person. The decision to be more mindful also translates into travelers wanting to spend more money. So the survey found that consumers would spend an average of 31% more on accommodations they know that operate responsibly and over half are willing to pay more than 20% extra a night at accommodations that are operating more sustainably and responsibly. Yeah. So a very interesting look into habits of travelers and what they want to do. Absolutely. And the thing is too, going back to what you said, you know, that doesn't align with your values and we are, our own bosses, right? We are small business owners and it's our choice, what we want to do and what we don't. And some clients will say, Oh my gosh, thank you for educating me on that. And another client might say, well, I'm trying not to cuss now, whatever. 
I'll go book it somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I'll go book it somewhere else. And that's fine too. We don't have to take every piece of business if it doesn't feel good. That's that's why we're in business for ourselves. Exactly. So, yeah. Well, um, I want to talk about some good news. Uh, We talked a week or two ago about how Iceland is going to be welcoming um, vaccinated travelers. And I found an article, I think this is also from my ASTA travel advisor daily email, which I love, Um, but it's from Greek travel pages. And it says Greece will welcome travelers with negative COVID-19 test or vaccination certificate. So as we hoped when we saw the Iceland news that this was just going to be the crack in the door and that door is going to get wider and wider and wider um, where we may be allowed into Europe sooner than maybe we thought. Now there actually isn't a date set on this. Um, And the prime minister of Greece, no tourism minister, not I knew as that was coming out of my mouth that that was incorrect. (laughs) The tourism minister clarified um, that it will not be, the vaccination will not be the exclusive prerequisite for travel. So you can't, no hotel in the country is going to refuse hospitality to a visitor that has not been vaccinated. They're just saying, uh, you know, it's going to make it easier and, but you can also show a negative test. Um, and it has to be PCR or antigen at this point, but again, nothing has been completely finalized. So they have already discussed the introduction of vaccination certificates, which we're hearing a lot about, like vaccination passports, vaccination certificates, um, with Israel, Cyprus, and Serbia to enable like a restriction-free right. zone there, which of course will just get bigger and bigger. So right now they're agreeing on a set of guidelines, uh, but they haven't set the date, but this is just one more crack in that door that makes me so happy because... I need need my body to be inside of Europe. I'm I'm getting chills just thinking about the possibilities. (laughs) And I know, I don't know about you, but for for me, I have multiple clients asking me, what about vaccines? Have you heard anything about vaccines and travel? Because I work with a lot of healthcare professionals who have been vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're like, okay, we've been vaccinated and we just need a break after this horrendous year working nonstop in the hospitals and, you know, all that stuff. They just want to get away and being vaccinated. They're like, tell me whenever there is any news on being able to travel to places because I've been vaccinated. So that's such great news. Yep, absolutely. My parents just got their second vaccination and they're feeling such a sense of relief. And, um, you know, they're going to continue social distancing Mm -hmm. and masking, but they're just feeling like, like, oh, we can finally get back to life. And that's what I hope to feel when someday I can get the vaccine. (laughs) Right. Uh, I'm just trying to like be patient while waiting for my age range to be eligible to sign up. Yeah. To get vaccinated. Here where I live, we just, we were, they used a stoplight system and we were in red for a while and we just were upgraded to orange and that alone, I'm like, woo, let's party. There's hardly (laughs) any difference in the restrictions, except you can buy booze on Saturdays now and stores can stay open later, but still. Well, that's (laughs) just (laughs) 
Um, this next article is from Focuswire. It's about social media and 2021, the new MVP for hospitality. And we do not need to stress how important social media has been mm-hmm. in 2020. You know, you had Facebook Lives, you had, um, you know, just social media marketing, all of this stuff that you could do on social media for free. It was such a great way to stay in front of your clients. And so this article looks into what to look for as we move into 2021 and how you can leverage social media for your agency and for the travel industry in general. And you know that I love social media a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say I love mm-hmm. with social media. <laughs> Go through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. They say that social media will, will remain a powerful communications and brand marketing tool. So what you need to know to stay on top of the social game in 2021. Number one, focus on wellness. And this speaks to one of the popular um things for people who are traveling in the future is wellness travel. So a lot of people will want to keep wellness in mind, whether that is, you know, like a yoga retreat or, you know, traveling someplace that's not crowded, whatever it is, focus on wellness. Second is socially conscious cause driven content. So for millennials, which are a huge group of people who we've noted many times before are willing to travel and there are a lot of us and a lot of us have had canceled trips. So they like to have socially conscious and cause driven content. And that could be like, Hey, this trip will take you into this local community and the dollars you spend at this one company goes straight back to the community, something like that. So keep that in mind while you're doing your social media And also brand personification. So make your brand something that's personal and human. You're not a robot. You've gone through struggles and we've touched on this numerous times. Be yourself on social media and that will shine through. That'll help you attract your ideal client. So you're not getting a lot of clients who, you know, don't fit your values, fit your type of travel and so forth. Focus on your brand, be yourself. Um, there's another uh, celebration-centric travel. Once again, touching on the milestones, people want to have something to look forward to. And a lot of times those are your celebrations. Birthdays, anniversaries, honeymoons, family reunions. You can focus on that as well. So there are a few other points in this article. But, oh, I don't want to forget this one. Short form videos. Oh, Yeah. I love a great short form video, and that is why I am obsessed with TikTok. But also Instagram has reels. And from what I'm seeing, reels is still, you know, something that people watch. And some people watch reels the way that I watch TikTok. So don't discount short form videos. And this could be something super easy, like Um, places you can travel right now that don't require a negative COVID test and you can just list those out short form or, um, updates on traveling to Mexico. Boom, 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 boom. Super short, super easy. You don't even need need to be on camera if you don't want to, if you don't feel ready, if you look like I do today and don't want to be behind the camera. So it is so easy to make a short form video. So don't discount that. Yes. Can you use Instagram filters in Reels? 
Yes, you can. Oh, see, there you go. There so you there go. You That's go. all you need. Nice filter. <laughs> really, yes. really makes you feel fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. You can definitely do that. So don't overlook short form videos for your social media. So keep that in mind as you're looking at your marketing in 2021. Social media is there for you as a free tool. So use it. Yes, I love this. I'm going to read this article thoroughly. Um, and I'm going to, so my next article, you could actually do a short form video on this. The article is from Travel Research Online. Um, and it's, you need travel insurance to enjoy these amazing destinations. So you could totally do a video about like, mm -hmm. where do you have exactly. to have special travel insurance to go? Um, so I think this actually might be a sponsored post, but I just felt like it was a good thing to talk about because as travel advisors, we need to be aware and we need to be guiding our clients and making sure they understand the kind of coverage that they need. I mean, obviously, like I said, I just haven't sold anything without cash back cancel for any reason insurance, but some destinations are now requiring specific amounts of medical coverage. They, mm -hmm. they don't want you coming there and then just putting a strain on their limited resources. You've got to have the coverage in place. Um, so we've talked actually even, even in another article today about how the pandemic has sort of created a change in us travelers behavior. So it's interesting to some places are just blowing up now more than ever. Mm -hmm. And so Turks and Caicos actually, I think has grown by like 30%. No, I'm sorry. Turks and Caicos has seen a 303% increase in the number of travelers from the United States. Wow. And so for the first time, Turks and Caicos is the fastest growing international destination, making it the fifth most popular destination overall up from 60th in 2019. Holy so they're just getting like slammed. <laughs> wow. So to mitigate the adverse effects that could possibly happen if, you know, with the spread of COVID, um, they now have an adequate insurance coverage standard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then Costa Rica, similar and not in the growth side. I mean, it's, it's great. And they're getting lots of tourism now, but um, they are requiring an electronic health pass form before departure. And then there's a certain amount of insurance that you have to have, and you have to request a certification from your insurance company issued in English or Spanish, verifying certain conditions. And so I book a ton of Vacation Express, and I'm just going to shamelessly give them a plug right now because their handling throughout this pandemic has just been spectacular. And so I am throwing every piece of business that I possibly can their way. They have a um, vacation protection that's cash back, ugh, cash back, cancel for any reason. They now introduced a supplement that's only $20 per person that brings all the levels up to where they need to be for these places that are requiring supplemental insurance. So $20 a person, like I, I am doing a Puerto Vallarta trip, which it isn't required for but they want to make sure they have plenty of medical. So it brings it from 25,000 to 50,000 for $20 a person. Uh, um, yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So suppliers <laughs> obviously are seeing this requirement for these destinations and they are stepping up, but you need to know when you're booking a destination, you need to ask, 
yourself, <laughs> do I need to research if there's special insurance that is required for this one? Because I can't even imagine what it'd be like if you just had no idea and then your client was denied boarding of the plane because they didn't have the proper insurance in place. So just something I think that is important for us as TAs to keep thinking about mm-hmm. um, aside from filling out Everything paperwork, else. getting tests, <laughs> all that other stuff. Always check to see if there's an insurance minimum requirement to make sure that your clients have what they need. I want to move into what you are loving right now. Okay. Um, I am loving, I'm loving a lot of things, but I have been just going crazy, just working like a dog for months and months and months and you know, moving to Mexico while being involved in a course and launching right into another course, which was so amazing and so much fun. We just finished Trello with, for your travel biz. It went amazingly well. And I just have been so tired that I decided I was going to give myself two weeks of doing the bare minimum, which as it turns out, isn't all that little. (laughs) It's surprising how that works. (laughs) However, I have forced myself not to, there's all this brainstorming and why I'm doing because we are moving right into a travel joy course next. And there's a bunch of things that I want to do, um, you know, zhuzhing up the travel biz side, all these ideas that I have. I have a huge Trello board full of brain dump items that I want to be working on. It's very difficult for me to just not tackle those things if I have a free moment, but I've been doing it. I mean, I took the entire weekend off, even last Thursday and Friday, I was keeping it pretty mellow. And so until the end of this week, I'm doing only what is absolutely necessary. And I'm just resisting the urge to brainstorm and make lists. And, but there are some new technology options that have been made available to me, especially with our new relationship with Signature Consortia. And I have been playing with that stuff a little bit, but that's so fun for me mm-hmm. that to me, like it's almost like having a hobby because I just love technology yeah. and tools. So I have been dabbling a little bit there. Um, but I really feel like I'm getting some much needed rest. And I feel like next week when I just dive right back into all of this stuff, I'm going to do it with a clearer head. Plus, since we're now in orange, we're going to go out to this amazing brewery that we have nearby that was recently featured on Rick Steve's podcast that I've been dying to get back to. So I'm going to go drink like, you know, three or 30 beers. Let myself really... <laughs> really blow it out. <laughs> That'll probably be tomorrow or Friday. And, um, and I feel like I'm going to be so refreshed for next week. And I really did need it. I am still working on what dates we're going to go to East the whole Bosch, And I'm really going to, there's, uh, the Wi-Fi is pretty spotty there. So I think that's going to be another opportunity for me to really decompress. So I'll probably go nuts between next week and then, and then, uh, get my little break and then go back at it. But it's just feeling really nice to force myself to relax. Mm-hmm. I was really getting concerned that maybe I wouldn't know how to relax anymore, but I'm figuring it out. <laughs> what about you? Well, speaking <laughs> about learning new skills, like for you to relax, I was going to say plants as something I was loving, but then I thought about it and I was like, no, there's something else that I'm loving. And it's continuing to learn new skills. And this episode of Learn New Skills involves fixing my own car. And it is um, 
so the trunk of my car, the, it's not the latch. It's like, I feel like the motor is broken that opens my trunk. And when I shut the trunk door, like the motor or something is broken. It's been broken for like almost a month and I've been trying to get it fixed and it's either going to be $700 to fix or it's going to be like $100 for the part and you put and you can try and fix it yourself. Something along those lines is very wide ranging. So I ordered the part that I think I need on Amazon and it just came in today. So tomorrow, if it's not raining, I am going to open up my car and attempt to do it myself. And I have watched numerous YouTube videos. So I think I, <laughs> I think yeah. I am I'm confident enough to give it a shot on my own. And let me tell you, if I am successful, like the level of smugness I will have for the rest of my life. Nobody will be able to tell you nothing. You will exactly. Be- <laughs> exactly. I will have enough confidence so to last me the rest of my life. It's like, don't tell me I can't <laughs> fix my own car. <laughs> I'm like, should you just I order like a mechanic's jumpsuit? <laughs> It would be so cute. <laughs> I'm going to look like Rosie the Riveter yes, like, fixing did. my car. <laughs> my first car was a 1978 orange Toyota Corolla liftback. I actually had a disco ball hanging. It was 14 years old at the time. And I remember when I fixed my blinker. Oh, I was hot stuff. I was putting that blinker on this <laughs> amount of satisfaction every time I clicked that blinker thing at 18 years old. I just felt like I just, I really had a grip on life. I really just had my life together. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no better feeling than fixing something that seems complicated yourself. But granted, I haven't fixed it yet. So I'm going to give it a shot tomorrow. University of YouTube, you got this. Yes. Absolutely. So tell me about what destination has been on your mind lately. So just to preface this, the past couple of weeks, I've been doing certifications for multiple Scandinavian countries, Mm -hmm. mainly because I received that referral from one of the TOs I worked with um, for Japan And I'm like, I need to get on my game. I just want to refresh myself in these countries, make sure I know my stuff. And so when I get on the phone with them, I will be able to talk like an expert and impress them. So in doing the certifications and doing refreshers, I fell in love with Denmark. And I cannot Mm -hmm. stop thinking about Denmark. And after such a crazy... 2020 and you understand this feeling it's like years of like hustling all the time and just like trying to reach like the next goal the next goal and never really stopping to give yourself time to rest I learned about Denmark and their culture and their standard of living there and I just want to adopt the concept of Huga for a bit and this is Mm -hmm. spelled H-Y-G-G-E And it's just the feeling of contentment and not always like working so hard for, I don't know, like just never really giving yourself time to rest. And a lot of times 
from what I've learned, people in Denmark will get off work early, just go have a cup of coffee in the coffee shop, bike around the city, relax. And there's a general sense of happiness and contentment there. And I've been researching like crazy how I can move to Denmark on a tourist (laughs) visa. I mean, I don't even need a visa if I'm just staying there for three months. So like part of me is like, should I just stay there for three months? I've been looking at places to rent in the city. Yes. Um, The answer is yes. Just trying to like get me to a point where I'm like, you know, if I wanted to do it, I could do it. And maybe that would be like my my rest. I'll still work, but I'm not going to feel like, oh, I have to keep going nonstop, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so you guys may know that Teresa and I use a Trello board to organize uh, our stuff for the podcast. There's not much prep that goes in. There's no kind of script. We don't discuss ahead of time the articles and things. Um, but I op- I had the card open where I was putting in my destination on my mind. And then I looked back and Teresa's popped in and I was laughing because <laughs> it's clear that Scandinavia is on both of our minds. Not only that, but we each grabbed a term that is like... <laughs> encompasses the vibe. So mine is Norway. Um, And I happen to be quite Norwegian. I'm I'm pretty much um, Viking. I'm 100% Northwestern European. I know this thanks to 23andMe, of course. Um, But I have not gone to see my people in Norway, and I really would like to And I was watching a video that was talking, you know, Norway is one of the happiest places, much like Denmark. I mean, Scandinavia, you would think with it being like a frozen tundra that that would not be the case. But these people really know what happiness and contentment is. And so in Norway, your relationship to the outdoors is really important. And they have a term, friluftsliv. Free luft sleeve. I had to, you know, do the YouTube pronunciation to make sure I would have that right, <laughs> which uh, technically means open air life. And it refers to the relationship Norwegians have with nature. So basically when everything isn't covered in snow, it's just spectacular looking like it's just so incredible. The lakes are so blue. The grass is so green. Just everything looks so incredible. And I think along with Teresa, it's like this, um, this yearning for coziness and contentment and a calm way of life that we see the standard of living in these places is just so high. It also costs like a million dollars a week to live in a place like this, but, um, it's just absolutely incredible. So I have been thinking about that as well. And also I've been watching just for something in order to relax, sometimes I just watch like home design shows and things like that that just don't take much brain power at all to have on. Um, and since I'm not a homeowner, I can't really dive into those projects. So I, I'm not in danger. But <laughs> Scandinavian, like Scandinavian farmhouse. I have never decorated my home like this, but it is my favorite. That that huge, that cozy, the like calm calm colors, the bright whites. Um, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love it. So once, someday, uh, probably here in Mexico, I will have a Scandinavian farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard from a friend that it must have been because the Vikings were such hard, um, like, 
conquerors and they were always fighting and they hustled hard back then. And they came mm-hmm. to the realization faster that, okay, we're good. Like yeah. we can be happy now. We've had hundreds of years of running around. Take we're, down we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to calm down now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, God willing, we will be in Scandinavia sooner rather than later. The news uh, from Europe is getting better and better. So let's hope. Yeah. Well, thanks for sticking with us until the end. We hope this episode has been informative and entertaining. All the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. I don't know about you, but I can't wait to go and delete those travel news emails I've been hoarding for the past month. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and or share the show. Also, head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us on the Tin Lounge. If you want to pop in, ask a question, say hello, you know where to find us. DM us at the Tin Lounge. We'll link those uh, Facebook and Instagram pages in the show notes. Or send us an email at hello at the Tin Lounge.com. See you next week. Like we do it, like we do it, like we do it, like we do it.